0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
1: You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Step Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme,
0: though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad.
1: Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. Hey, Steph. How is it going?
0: It is going okay. It's been a crazy couple weeks. How about you? You.
1: Yeah. It's been um it's been a heavy couple weeks for everyone. Um obviously mm-hmm. we know all the protests going going on around the globe which is amazing. Um mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter movement. Um so it's been a heavy heavy couple weeks I think. Um Yes. And you'll notice that we didn't put out an episode last week. Um, we did participate in Blackout Tuesday. Um, yes. So you'll see on our Instagram account that we posted nothing and we thought it was more important for, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement to get their message across um, and just to share things based off that. And what we actually decided to do for the podcast for the month of June, um, all of our episodes are going to be focused on Black Lives Matter. We thought it was important to use the platform to... Yeah. Um, to discuss these important topics. And, you know, we had discussed previously doing episodes around racism while while traveling specifically. And so we just thought, you know, we finally need to do these episodes.
0: Yeah. And we, I won't jump into today's episode quite yet, but we, like you said, we had these topics on our list for some time. We already wanted to talk about them and it just became very evident that the time was now.
1: Yeah, exactly what you said, Steph. And, you know, because it just felt important. We don't... Right now, the world, we don't need any more empty gestures. So I would also encourage those of you that did participate in Blackout Tuesday that you're also doing something. You're not just posting an empty gesture across social media because we don't need that. This is not what what needs to be done right now. Um, and on top of that, all of our June revenue from uh, the ads that you guys hear when listening to our podcast, all of that is being donated to Black Lives Matter um, charities, uh, mm-hmm. George Floyd charities. We're, the guests that we're having on in the next few weeks, we're going to find out from them which charities are important to them. Uh, and that's where yep. the money is going to go. So we just want everyone to know as well that we're doing everything we can using this platform, you know, to just get the message out. Um, And also for any other podcasters listening, we would encourage you to do the same. If you've got the platform, you know, use use it it right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Going into this week's episode, though, Steph, I'll let you tee this one up because this was uh, an interview that you did.
0: Yeah. So this week I actually interviewed T-Bus from TLC. So obviously I've known her for quite some time. I work with her and I've wanted to do it for a long time. We talked a lot about travel in the music industry. And she's mm-hmm. very passionate about Black Lives Matters and race equality because she actually had a cousin who was shot and killed by police just last year. So this has been mm-hmm. a topic that's very close to home to her. So we start off on that and then we really get into the travel after that. But it was a really good conversation and I'm really excited for everyone to hear it.
1: Great. I'm excited to hear it as well. I haven't um, listened to it yet, so this should be a really good one. And, and it's like you said, we've been wanting to get um the girls on the on the show for a little bit anyways that was a discussion mm-hmm. we were going to do sort of traveling in the music industry um but yeah. this was just a, a way more important topic and we're so excited that t Boz was able to come on with us so here we go
0: I'm here with t Boz of TLC thank you so much for agreeing to come on today straight out the gate I've got to ask you were born in Iowa you grew up in Georgia you live in California So you've not just traveled around the whole world. You've lived in quite a few places as well. Did you experience much racism in Iowa, Georgia, California? Are they the same, different?
2: Um, I did um, deal with racism more in the South. Um, In Iowa, different because my family's a lot of Irish um, Caucasian, African-American, and Native American. Um, and that's like the four combinations that I'm mixed up with, you know, and my babies are Blacks again. So, you know, we have some interesting mixes in our family, um, and beautiful cousins I have. Um, I love mixed babies <laughs> in California. Um, especially you get more of a, um, pool of, you know, interracial couples. But in Atlanta growing up, it was really hard for me because the white people would call me the N-word. And then the black people said I was too light to be considered black. But what was so crazy about that, you can't help the way God made you and what color you were born. And to me, there's only one race, the human race. Mm-hmm. I think later in life, people started breaking it down to Hispanic and, you know, Latino or whatever they call it. In, yeah. um, in all these different races, but we all bleed and we all die the same. So yeah. at the end of the day, I just don't feel there's a superior race, no matter what the history says. Nobody's superior because of the color of their skin, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. No, it's wild to me that anyone could even think that. I spent six months traveling around the state to see every U.S. state. And obviously, as a white girl, I did not experience racism, but... People, there's some seem to be some people who they think if they don't see it, it doesn't
2: exist. Have you ever that's those? true? And, and yeah, I believe that's true. And I think those are the people that are uncomfortable or they have a different opinion about it, they don't want to know, they don't want to care, and maybe they think they're a superior race as well. I have a lot of, um, you know, like my auntie, she's white and she dates my uncle, he's very chocolate,
1: mm-hmm. and her
2: family. Um, disowned her uh, 40 years ago because she talks to my uncle but she decided to to walk away from her mother, her father, her sisters and everyone in her family because she wanted to date a black man. She was like you're not going to stop who I love and Mm so she doesn't talk to her family anymore and that to me is just crazy because I posted a video yesterday on my Instagram and it was a white father and he told his white son to come in there. I think he was around 8 or 9 years old And he had four pictures up there of white and black kids. And he kept asking his son, what do you see? He was like, kids playing? He was like, what else do you see? What's different about this picture? He was like, well, they're kissing in this one. They're hugging in this one. As Mm -hmm. many times as his dad asked him what he saw, he never saw color. All he kept saying were the pure things like, well, they're in the grass and they're outside and it's pretty. He answered everything except for color. He didn't see color because he wasn't taught to hate black people or people of, you know, melantic skin, people who have darker skin. He wasn't taught that because that's a learned behavior. We're
0: Deaf people are definitely taught to hate. I met um, a really interesting man in Texas, of all places, who he grew up in rural Georgia. And he identified as a former, he said he grew up and he was racist, a homophobe. he hated not hated women, but he was very sexist and he said it Mm -hmm. was how he was raised and what he believed. And then funny enough, it wasn't until he moved to Texas to school and he started meeting black people. He started meeting feminist women and realized no one's the devil. He said, this is not what I was (laughs) said. You are not what I was taught. You would be. So it blew his mind. And he now is a huge advocate. Um, all across the board because he was just so shocked that some he could have been taught to believe someone was so evil and then you meet people and you realize we're all just people
2: and it's really sad though and i'm i commend him for that because there's a lot of people who don't turn around mm-hmm. but you know sometimes it takes life experiences to go out and see that if you come from the sticks we call it the sticks like a little country town where they just don't know better. better they're hillbillies or something and then they get out in the real world in Atlanta, Georgia from the country and say, "Oh my god, like people are really cool. Like black people <laughs> aren't bad. There's bad uh people in every color. It's yeah. not just black and there's no superior race. I don't care about, you know, when they say like I, some woman posted and I posted them yesterday to show how ignorant people still are. It was a young teenage white boy saying nigger 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 over and over. Then it was a fireman, no, he was a medic and he was saying his perspective and I wouldn't want him to be saving my life knowing he don't like black people. It's going to make me think he's going to just let me die. You know what I'm saying? But these people who are racist actually have jobs. And then this one lady said, you better stop protesting and be quiet. We owned you once before and I'll own you again. But I'm like, chick, a lot of black people make more money than you ever will see in your life, but you going to own us. Yeah. Okay. We've come a long way. You know what I'm saying? It just shows how ignorant their thinking still is. And and it's more, um, the only difference is, yeah, we can sit in the front of the bus. And yeah, we can have Black-owned businesses. But the only difference in the racism is, is being taped now. That yeah. part hasn't changed, unfortunately. There's still people who are just doing modern day lynching. And that's what you're seeing when you look at Ahmaud Arbery and um, George Floyd. You know, and I've been looking up all these cases. Like I've been going through all these cases. And my cousin actually was one of them that was gunned down with AR-15s and shot 18 times. Blew his jaw off and the back of his head. And he was mentally ill. All he did is raise... The garage and come to his mother they told my cousin call for your son and tell him to come here we know he's mentally ill and uh they gunned him down as soon as he came out of that garage so you know when I saw George Floyd a 46 year old man when he started screaming for his mom he's scared and his mom is dead and I knew that um from one of my friends who knew him Everybody has such nice things to say about him and the fact that some kids are actually doing a George Floyd challenge where they have, they're all white, of course, but they have their knees on their friend's necks, smiling into the camera as if a man losing his life is funny. Yeah, that's sick. That, if my child ever did that, and, but see, and then I started thinking, I bet you their parents don't even care. That's why they're so comfortable doing it because they probably learned it from their parents. Yeah, it's. It's true, unfortunately. Is it, you know, regardless of his skin color, that is a human being, and it really disturbs me that you can get more attention if you hurt a dog than you can a, a, a black man. That's crazy to me. Like California, and you know, I would say that before this situation. But what I am happy about, mm-hmm. I'm looking at all these races come together and fight for the same thing. Even Caucasian people are saying, I am tired of, you know, black people being murdered by white cops. We're sick of it, but that's what we need. And, you know, people keep saying black lives matter. No, all lives matter. We're not saying everybody knows all lives matter, but if you have a street and one house is burned down, you're not going to put water on the houses that are are not burning. You're going to water the house that's burning to put out the fire. So yeah. what we're saying is, yes, all lives matter, but the black ones are in trouble. We need help because they're being lynched, murdered, and taken away unjust. Mm-hmm. And it's not right.
0: No, not at all. When you can tell who, who truly believe, if they truly believe all lives matter, they'd have no problem saying black lives matter. That's part of all Yeah.
2: Lives. Like it broke my heart the other day. Ashton Kutcher, I can never say his last name, almost started crying because he was saying that his white friends were saying all lives matter. And he said, no, black lives do matter. And the fact that some of y'all don't realize that he got choked up and it made me have a tear like, oh my God, like people love people. And, and the ones who don't, they're, you know, actually standing up for us. And I've seen also a lot of videos where cops have gone out and started rioting hoping, you know, cause you are going to have some of your people who are going to loot and riot. Um, and then another, you know, they hire people to like put bricks in the middle of the street. So why are these random power bricks in the middle of the street, hoping that you'll just go and pick it up and start vandalizing and looting and rioting and you know, so they can say "Oh, black lives matter are are ignorant and they're no, it's not even black people writing Black Lives Matter. I have a lot of them on my IG page where I show other nationalities mm-hmm. saying Black Lives Matter and they're vandalizing stuff and you can see black people saying, Don't do that. We yeah. want your support, but we do not want you to mess up stuff on our behalf. But another part that pisses me off, people need to stop letting these celebrities raise their kids. Some of these celebs are stupid. I'm <laughs> telling you I was disappointed by some of my peers. One of them said Rosa Parks didn't have to sit in the um, front of the bus. She could have took a black-owned cab. Do you, are you idiot. Do you realize it's a purpose that she did that? Like, oh that changed God. history. What are you saying? The fact that that came out your mouth is embarrassing. And then somebody's like, "I ain't scared if I get pulled over. I got my license, registration, and my car insurance." Like, do you think them people who was gunned down before they even got to see if they even had insurance? It ain't yeah. about that. Yeah, it's about that. That cop had an agenda to kill that black boy. Period. Mm-hmm. Because I seen a video where this white guy named Jerry fought the cops. Two of them took them and beat them with their own billy club, and then took off in the police car. Now, if that was a black Jerry. He would have been dead within seconds. And the part that pissed me off the most is that she was so calm and Jerry, Jerry, you're going to get in trouble, Jerry. If that hadn't been a black Jerry, his mom or girlfriend would have been frantic knowing that death was going to come because that shows you there is a difference because Jerry wasn't afraid and whoever was taping it wasn't afraid. She didn't even think of him getting shot and dying. She just kept saying, you're going to get in trouble, Jerry. Don't do that. Like, and she was so calm. Anybody else would have been screaming frantically because if he was black, he'd be dead in minutes, if not seconds. And that's just the reality that we're living in. And you can't deny that no matter how much you don't want to speak up, You want to stay silent, act like it's out of sight, out of mind. It is happening and you saw it before your eyes because that man was comfortable with his hands in his pocket knowing that that man said he could not breathe. And two other cops had his diaphragm um, compromised on his back and his legs pinned down. And he wasn't resisting and he had on handcuffs. So what was it for? It's only because he's
0: black. Um, So I'm hoping what we're seeing right now is that this actually
2: will spark some
0: meaningful change do you have any hope that it may
2: oh yeah yeah well it already started some change um i can't say it will change everything cuz that's what we hope for it to do cuz i've seen a lot of people getting upset i'm not saying looting rioting and you know is correct but i understand it you yeah. get what i'm saying cuz they wasn't listening when they were peaceful and there's just going to be looters who who have nothing else to do but loot that's just what they do they Mm -hmm. find an opportunity because they haven't been set up in a position to, you know have nice things and they just go take it you know what i mean that's their one shot i'm not saying it's right but i understand what's happening yeah um the people who are protesting you can see that they were being gassed Shot in between their eyes with rubber bullets, people are losing eyeballs, and you know one one girl had a bullet hole and shot like I've watched a lot of a cop in New York ran over people like some of these people are um before you know this is before the curfew. this is no one being um ignorant or anything. This one black cop took a knee, and the other white cops pulled him back up. He took a knee again, and they pulled him back up and started yelling at him. Then you can see where they have this, well, how you say it, MAGA, MAGA, or whatever you call it, Make America Great Again hats. Mm -hmm. Then they have this symbol that they all do for one another with this circle, and they hold their hands a certain way so they can identify each other. So it's just so much going on in the middle of this. I do know that in, um, I think it was Virginia, they're going to take down a monument that stood for, you know, somebody who had slaves. So some change is happening. Some people are really standing up. And, and and making a change. And then I believe, I think it was D.C., they let Black Lives Matter be written all up the street for like a couple of miles. That's amazing. Yeah. So people are starting to respond and, and some change is coming. Like, honestly, I'm not going to, and people can think this is ignorant, but if I had a Black-owned store and it got looted during this, hey, <laughs> right now, some people ain't making money from COVID. And then on top of that, people have insurance. I'm not saying I would like it because I've been robbed in my store when I had one before, but mm-hmm. I understand why they're doing it. You get what I'm saying? I think and I repeat it. Understand it may not be right, but I understand.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what I've said to a few people too, is you can understand without having to agree. You you don't, you may not agree with it, right. but you understand it. Um,
2: yeah, I wouldn't do it, but I damn sure understand why you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because some people just look at what's happening, but they don't go into the why. And then somebody put out a very interesting video. It started with Michael Jackson. They don't really care about us. Oh. That's what that song was about is racist and bigots. And you know what I'm saying? And racism. And so it showed how economically the black schools and, and the, the um, urban community is set up to fail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So where all the money would go to the, all the white schools and nothing would go to the black schools. It all started with economics anyway. So if you're set up to fail, like this girl g- gave a good example. If we pay 400 rounds of monopoly and I never allowed you to get any money, anything, no matter, even if you won. And, yeah. and then we played another 50 rounds and I still do the same thing to you. You gonna feel like I don't own anything. And, and it's not mine anyway. But, you know, when we were slaves, you brought us over here to build this up. But I still don't own anything. And I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you. You know what I'm saying? And I still don't have nothing. So when it comes time to protest, you're going to have people out there looting and people be like, well, fuck it. You didn't give me anything when I went and played 400 rounds with you and worked for this and you still took my shit and burned it down. So when they had Rosewood and all that, and then black people did have, you know, stuff that they owned. They burned it down to the ground. So they still put them in a position where, nope, we're not going to let you have nothing. And that is disheartening to me because it's all over the color of our skin. No one is better than the next one. And when we go to, to heaven, if you make it and, and you don't go to hell, for those who believe in God, if you do make it before the pearly gates, you don't have to answer for all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, the
0: just the hypocrisy of some people, how you know they claim to be God-loving people, and they're so hateful. Uh, it's it blows my mind anytime you see someone try to justify these kind of beliefs. But um, oh my
2: God, this white guy said this too. He said Christianity. He did bring that out. Like, like a lot of people hide behind the Bible, but they're some of the most evil people in the world because that's not God-like or Christian-like to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know and. You know, my daughter, you know, because I'm raising two black children. It's a shame that my daughter, every time she sees a cop, we won't we don't even be doing anything. I'm like, Chase, why are you so nervous? She's just like, because I'm black. Like, my kids shouldn't feel that way. And the other day, you know, we used to watch that show on A&E called Scared Straight. And we was just playing. She was just playing with my son. He's four. She said, Chance, I'm going to call the cops and they're going to come get you. He bust out screaming, you want me to die? They're going to kill me. The fact that a four-year-old thinks that all cops are going to kill him in the way that he was crying really disturbed me because I said, no, 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 Chance. I said, I understand you're saying all this stuff with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, you know, because you can't hide your kid. You can't hide the world from your kids. It's all over the news. That's all that's being done and talked about. And so... Um, it's a shame at four years old, I have to say, well, no, there are some cops who are good and they do protect and serve, but you know, being black period, you have to have a different kind of conversation with your child that you don't really want to have and that you shouldn't even have to have because you have to have all these different rules as to what you should and should not do if you're stopped by a cop, because I've been pinned down with 10 cops and guns in my head for something. I, let me tell you something. My, my, my car light had a, a, um, um, a short in it. So I pulled over and I flicked it on and off and they said I was doing a gang initiation. They had 10 cop cars, laid me out on, on the car, pat me down, guns to my head. What if somebody's fingers slip? Then I've had another cop. I'm in a Porsche and I saw him across the street from the gas station. I'm leaving Darp studios from working on a TLC album. I'm six and a half months pregnant with chase. And I saw him looking at me, but I'm like, maybe he's just looking at my car because guys liked my car. So I'm like, okay. So I I pull out. I'm not thinking about this guy, but you know, Atlanta has a lot of dark roads and they're not lit well. And so he drives up behind me and I speed off because all I see is lights coming close to me. He pulls me over. He was like, what are you doing in this neighborhood? He said, you better recite your address and say it fast. You better not stutter. That's what he said. Oh my God. And I'm sitting here like black girl pregnant in a nice car. Then he wants to go into how can I afford that car? And mm-hmm. it's just like, what the fuck does that have to do with me speeding up going down the street? Because your ass is following me because you want to know why a black girl is in this neighborhood in a fucking car like that. Oh. But what do I have to do? I have to take it because he has a gun. I don't. And I'm being disrespected for something I haven't even done because of what his ignorant.
1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today.
2: You know what I mean? So it pisses me off because I've personally dealt with it and I've had somebody's life taken in my family from this ignorance. So I have so many different ranges of emotions. Sometimes I'm pissed and outraged, and sometimes I'm hurt and disheartened. And it's just so many different feelings that you feel, and, and no one will ever understand it until it happens to them
0: did you find that people who maybe would have treated you poorly before you were successful still did after or did they change like de- did being a successful black woman you know command did the racism you received change or is it just still happens just as blatantly once you're successful
2: Well, I'll say it's two parts. When the cops find out who I am, like he threw my license and my registration at my face and threw it in the car and said, I can go, you know what I'm saying? Cause I didn't have anything on me Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: I was blessed to get away from somebody who didn't make it bigger than it was. You know what I mean? And, um, but the racism just changes. So we always say this in the industry and it may be on a smaller level, but, um, every time TLC is a pop group predominantly most of our songs are pop we may have started off r&b but we have all elements that's why i say it's universal music because our music fits in every genre Mm -hmm. so um except for i haven't done a country song but i want to (laughs) you know what i mean r&b hip hop yeah um pop and so but mostly pop no scrubs is pop unpretty is pop waterfalls is pop period yeah, But see, when you're black and you do a pop song, they still call it R&B, but Nick Jonas can come out with Jealous or Sam Smith can come out with an R&B song and they call it pop because they're white. That's not fair.
0: Yeah, that's, I guess. You know what
2: I'm saying? And I'm always fighting for people. Yeah, R&B group. I'm not a fucking R&B group. That, I'm not just that. Don't box me in just because of my color. All people who are black just aren't R&B. That's not, not true. You know what I'm saying? So you yeah. have different fights within the industry where, like, if you're black, you get offered less money than the white groups. We go through all that. Mm-hmm. But um, some people go, oh, you know, don't be complaining. But uh-uh, I ain't apologizing for shit that I make because I worked my ass off. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't grow up in a family that was already popping like the Kardashians and then got in on the bandwagon. I worked from the ground up on my fucking own you know yeah. what I'm saying? My family didn't come from money. I work for that shit. So I'm not going to apologize for it, but do we have issues? Yeah, absolutely. But I ain't going to sit up there and let nobody be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be complaining. Girl, please, if I can make more money and <laughs> and I'm getting dogged out in this industry just because of the color of my skin, you damn right. I want the same check the white people get, period. Well, and how
0: privileged to be that person saying you shouldn't be complaining. Like that's the equivalent of saying know
2: your place. It's Ignorant, right? Oh, okay. But you know, it's a lot of that because you know I hear it a lot. But um you know, I don't know why people look to artists for things like these protests and stuff like that. There's so many people who are out there who don't have big names that are so much more intelligent than some of these people. Just because you like their song doesn't mean they got good common sense. Just because yeah. you like how they dance or the records they put out don't make them an activist and right. make them right. So stop letting these damn celebrities raise your kids. Stop it. You should be paying attention to people who really stand for some stuff, not, oh, I like their song. Because some of the stuff that's coming out these celebs' mouth, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of done with people. I almost don't even want to listen to their damn songs no more. <laughs> I ain't even going to lie to you. It oh, pisses well, me off. I, I don't know why there's the demand for
0: celebrity responses because – yeah, we're forced, we're putting, I feel like we're putting celebrities into a position where they feel like they're forced to respond and then we are tearing them down when they respond. Like, they're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Listen to the experts.
2: Yeah, it really is like that. You're, you're right. And I feel like, honestly, if you look in anybody's background, you're going to find something bad about them. Yeah. It doesn't make their music any less mm-hmm. a good, like, you still can have a hit and be a fucked up person. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you might find out through all this that your favorite artists rather be silent or they don't have the same political views that you have or whatever. But that doesn't make their music any different. You just have to separate the personal from the business and know like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this person's music and just like them. You don't have to wholeheartedly believe in what they say and stand by everything they believe in because we're still people. You know what I'm saying? And I even hate to group myself in the celeb category because so many of my peers just ain't got no good common sense because common sense isn't common. And it's, it's it's just embarrassing to see. So that's why I wish, like you said, they wouldn't force people to say things that they think they have to say. But we're in the public eye, so it's just kind of like second nature or mandatory that people are going to ask because we do interviews and they're going to ask what you say. And I always tell people, I've always spoke up for what I believe in. If you don't fucking like it or me, you can go and get off my fucking page and go on about your business. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still going to stand up for what I believe in. I'm still going to speak on it. And you don't have to like me. You don't have to buy another album. You don't. Yeah. But my beliefs are going to be my beliefs and I'm going to stand strong for what I believe in. And I know that all this stuff that's going on is unjust and it's not right. And it shouldn't be this way. And that's just period. And if you don't like it, I'm cool with that. Cause I always say I respect skinheads and, and, and you know, the KKK, at least I know where the fuck you coming from. Yeah. I hate the snakes that sneak up on you and then they pretend to be one thing and not. At least I know you don't like me and I'm cool with that. Don't like me then.
0: That's, that's, that's one interesting thing I heard when people talk about the U.S. Cause a lot of times people focus on the south the South being kind of where a lot of the racism exists and happens and I've heard a few people say, you know, at least a lot of times in the South, though, you know what you're getting with people. And it's when you travel or live in the Midwest where it's, it's a lot more mm-hmm. subtle and you don't know who you're dealing with. Where in the South, people are who they are and you can say, I don't want to associate with you. Um, but when you go out, right. the South, it's when you don't actually know who you're dealing with anywhere.
2: So. Now, see, I'm from the Midwest and there's a lot of prejudice white people in the Midwest because, you know, they used to call me little white girl because I used to be so proper, like, oh my God, this is so cool. And then I came to Atlanta and then I I got black all of a sudden. It was so funny because they used to call me Becky and I'm like, oh, shut up, you know, (laughs) because they said I was so proper. But I came from being raised around, you know, different races, you know what I'm saying? And everybody spoke proper there. But in the Midwest, you're correct. Um, I had taken my daughter to target and th- the whole damn store was prejudiced. They didn't want to ring me up or nothing. And it's just like, do you leave? Or do you make a scene? Do you get somebody in trouble? Like, it's just r- ridiculous. But in the South, I don't like them either, but mm-hmm. at least I know they don't like me too. So I'll stay out your, got- your way and you stay out of mine. Yeah. Oh, it uh,
0: blows my mind. People even have to think about these things. I was reading um, a travel blogger. It was this black woman who she's been to over 150 different countries and which she said by far the U.S. was where she had to think more about her safety out of 150 countries. Oh, yeah. um, Which I think says a lot about how far the state still has yet to go on their issues. Um, Absolutely. But we're the land of the free, (laughs) you know have you ever encountered any issues overseas or while you're traveling that you can think of?
2: Heck yeah. I believe it. I believe it was Paris or London that we were in. It was, um, I think I even called you about it because I was pissed off. Yeah, Um, you know, when you're, when you're over there, you're, you're in black vans and, um, the people, um, that pick us up, all the vans look alike. So chase, innocent accident she just opened your door we found out it wasn't our driver we shut it back um because he was about to take my daughter's hand and move it out boy if you touch my daughter that's the last damn person you're gonna touch in a long time don't you dare it was an accident I was like don't yell at a child are you crazy but he was like yeah she on this black girl what is her being black got to do with anything my kid don't even look black she mixed like a mug People don't know what my baby is. You know what I'm saying? But he knew she looked different from what they look like over there. But at the end of the day, what are bringing up black have to do with anything? Here you go getting out the car. What you're going to do is get knocked upside your head. The guy at the hotel ran out because I'm ready to fight the guy at this point. He about my height, too. You know, I ain't wrapped too tight in the area. I'm like, oh, he my height. I might be able to take him. (laughs) You know, so... And I don't want to be violent, but he was about to touch my daughter. And that's an absolute no-no. You don't touch nobody's kid.
0: Yeah, I remember that was when you were leaving Paris on your way to London. It's funny because I always wonder who different people get different issues. Because I remember when we were flying to South Africa also, now this wasn't a race issue. This was kind of a sexist issue. You know, you and Chase have flown together all right. over the world, and then suddenly flying to South Africa, she's seventeen years old. She can't fly unless she has a written permission from her father. And that reminded me right. too right. of how
2: exactly. And I'm her mother. And some countries are. Yeah, absolutely. They were. You know, what's funny is when we got to Africa, it was the people in America who cared. The Africans didn't even check her. They did check my niece, so I'm glad we had the proper paperwork and then the lady at the airport the next day said honestly it's on the person that you get at the airport because she was like I don't care I'll let your daughter go that's wild but one parent has the dominance to make the top decisions Mm -hmm. so her dad was even like hey I'll stop what I'm doing right now and write the letter and they (laughs) made it such a big deal my daughter missed her flight and because I had to work I had to get on the flight without her and then finally everybody you guys scrambling and (laughs) and scrambling for her and going through high and hell water she finally made the plane because my whole family's coming to africa and you think my daughter i mean like cousins Mm. my brother and my own child can't come are you kidding me well and i i think
0: what was so crazy about that situation is she wasn't allowed on the plane with you as her mother but right, her fly the next day with a letter from her father, and we had to designate Michael Curtis as her like he guardian, escort her the whole way, so she could fly with someone she's not related to at all as an escort.
2: But you can't not come with her, her own mother who keeps her every day. Yeah, that's just ass backwards. And yes. they even had verbal consent in saying he would send over the paper when we were at the airport. They was like, "No," I'm mm. like, "So I had just had an asshole that day." And a lot of times when you even talk to companies, it depends on, because you'll get the black girl who can't stand her job to and be like, hello. You know, I'd be like, oh, I know I don't want to talk to her. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) She's not going to help me. You know what I'm saying? So it's all on who you get, you know? So when you're traveling,
0: what Mm -hmm. do you splurge big money on? And what do you find you're frugal on?
2: I guess my problem is I'm not frugal at all. That's the problem. Okay. I'm a shopaholic. I I've, I've taken my steps. Yes, my name is Tian Watkins. I am a shopaholic because I, I talk myself into why I need things. It'd be like, girl, you worked hard this year. Fuck it. Just get it. Girl, it's your birthday coming up. Girl, you know you deserve it. Girl, you work hard. Like I'm that person. So you don't ever want to go shopping with me if you're trying to save money. <laughs> I do know how to bargain shop, but if I want something, I feel like if I worked hard for it, I just want it and I'm gonna get it. You know what I mean? So if there's a everybody who knows me knows Louis Vuitton is my favorite purse ever. Yep. So and then Chanel. But I love my LV bag. So just to be able to get a bag and say, oh, yeah, girl, I got this one in Paris. And I got that one in France. And I got that one in Hawaii. Like, you know, because sometimes they, you know, the buyers are different and they have different design bags out there. Yeah. But predominantly, you have your same, like, never full and all them kind of bags that look like the speedy bag and all that. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say purses and shoes because they're different overseas. I love to buy shoes from Japan and clothes from Japan because okay. we're prissy tomboys and they're so awesome, but they don't cost hardly, you know? No. Um, but so, you know, I'm one of them people that I'm going to talk myself into something, but I like, I like room service, especially yeah. if they have cream brulee, I'd be so yeah. excited. Like, Oh my God, creme brulee in Paris, yes, you know, <laughs> I love that. The only thing I don't like to spend a lot on is just like unnecessary stuff like let me see. Hmm. I love going to the spa, but Yeah. I like why should I have to pay $250 for a manicure when you can get one for $25? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So sometimes I think I would be like, girl, I could do my own damn toes for that. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do nails, so I'm still pretty good at it. <laughs>
0: I imagine traveling must be very different from when you started on your first tour with MC Hammer to, you know, the success you've had. Are there any, like, stories you remember when you first hit the road? Did you ever have, like, any ratchet buses or, like, just shit you would never put Oh, my God,
2: we used to have to... (laughs) Oh, hell yeah, we were broken down. (laughs) Let me tell you, we used to have to stay together, so Chili would be in the front playing steel. Mm-hmm. And in Vogue. Lisa would be, I would be in the middle watching mm-hmm. Scarface and all my gangster murder, death, kill movies. And then Lisa would be in the back smoking her weed and playing Waffle House music. Shit, we didn't, I'm like, what? This is what you play in a jukebox at Waffle House. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was hell because I'm not a roommate type. And, you know, if she wants to blast her music, you know, you're tired, you're like banging on the door and she's knocked out, still listening to this loud music, but comatose. It's just like, oh my God. So I was so happy when our budget's grew and we can have our own tour bus. I was like, oh, and then back sitting in coach and me and Lisa used to party all night and stay up until the next day when it was time to catch our flight from Vegas or somewhere like that and just get three seats in the back and lay across them. So the whole tight coach thing, I'm so happy we could do business class and first class now, because I used to be tired of being squished because you never know who you're going to get. You yeah. know?
0: I actually, one of my questions was, did the three of you ever share a bus? And I was laughing typing it because I was trying to picture you and Chili share a bus now.
2: At- oh my God. Especially <laughs> how she likes to keep it on Hill. Chili likes to keep it hot and everybody's like, in a sauna and she's like it's not hot it be summertime and she has her heater on 80 y'all and she would be like that is not hot and everybody's looking at her like yeah, okay and then they look at me because everybody's scared to say something to her and they'll be like can you tell her can she turn down the heat so we could just have a happy medium i would be cracking up because the band and dancers be like ask her <laughs> I'd so I'll be like Roro can you and she'd be like alright yeah I'm gonna buy her some blankets. So I'm gonna just carry them in my purse and be like, "Here, you wrap up," and then I'm gonna let the band have a little air. Yeah, that <laughs> is funny, though.
0: I I feel like I've witnessed that a lot, even. And there have been times where I'm, you know, trying to work within a different budget or this or that, and I'm like, "Can you guys maybe, you know, if we get one big room?" And you were like, "No, I'm not putting up with that heat." <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, and Stephanie knows. that's why w- they'd be like, um, you want to share rooms? Hell no, that's worth the expense <laughs> to have my own fresh air. Yeah. And then um, I remember we used to have to share rooms. So, you know, I don't smoke. Lisa used to, mm-hmm. I didn't drink, she did. So I was always the designated driver and I'm like, oh my God, I got a car full of drunk people and I'm the only one sober. So when you're sober, things are just not as funny as they are to the people who are drunk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know what it is about drunk people who like to get in your face. Hi. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Come on. So, but I reminisce on those days because they were still fun. Like I would, I mean, you know, it, it brought us closer and closer and closer together. So I wouldn't change it for the world, but I am happy. I have my own damn room, own re- dressing room and my own bus now. Yes. <laughs>
0: One of the funniest things, I don't even know if you would remember saying this, but one of the funniest things you said to me was, I don't remember where we were, but I asked you, you know, why you've never drank or why you don't drink. And you just looked at me and you're like, Stephanie, you know what I'm like when I'm sober? Like, do you want to see me drunk?
2: And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I guess, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. So could you imagine though? Like me, me chemically imbalanced would be terrible, but you know, it's funny with my sickle cell, I can't drink anyway because it thins my blood and will put me into a sickle cell crisis, Mm -hmm. but I don't like the taste of it anyway. But yeah, yeah, I've tried to drink earlier years with my friends end up getting sick, but I was off the chain because it just magnifies whatever mood I'm in. So if I'm angry, I'm going to be angrier. If I'm happy, I'm going to be so fucking happy. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I'm like, Oh Lord. I don't think the chemicals are for me.
0: (laughs) When it comes to flying, I know I'm the type of person who I show up at the airports for three hours early and I patiently wait. And I found with you guys, I was always trying to book cars super early to pick you up. And you got both of you were always like, Stephanie, I'm not going that early.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever missed a flight? Not a lot, uh uh, not really. We run ran and stuff and you know, because of just who we are, people hold flights and stuff too, or drive us to the plane. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a perk that comes with the artistry. But um back in the day, probably when we were broke, I I probably missed a couple, but no, nah, really I haven't missed flights. If I missed a flight, it was because of something stupid like the lady tripping downstairs about luggage or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I
2: mean? Um yeah. But really, no, in my whole 28 years, I've probably only missed one or two flights in my whole career, but oh, wow. I ain't going to say I OJ it through the um, airport, like that commercial was like, hot. run, Forrest, run. I was getting, it. but um, yeah, I don't like to sit there early because <clears throat> sometimes I don't like to sit in the lounge. Mm-hmm. I want to get something to eat and then sit there and i watch a movie and then get on the plane. But more people harass me that way and I don't really get no peace. Yeah. That's why I don't like to just chill at the airport. You know what I mean? I don't like that dogs travel everywhere we go now either. You know, I get the emotional support thing for those who are really, you know, um, Um, needing service dogs. But so many people like my friends and everybody I know just says their dog is an emotional support dog so they can have their dog up there. And every dog doesn't belong up there. My um, brother's girlfriend is a flight attendant and they had this German Shepherd sitting in the middle of the aisle with a muzzle on. And she was like, don't look him in the eyes. Well, she ended up putting a muzzle on him because she kept saying, don't give him eye contact. Like, bitch, he's in the middle of the floor. What you mean? Like, but you shouldn't have no damn dog. So they made her put the muzzle on. He's laying on everybody's feet. And they was like, you got to keep this. Why the hell is a dog that big on the plane anyway? It needs to be a weight requirement. So every time it's time for, like people that got bit in the face by people's dogs. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I can't. Oh, that's I crazy. love my daughter's dogs and I love my dog. But the oh. one time I flew my dog back. I, just, um, I forgot they, about your dog thing. It's coming back to me <laughs> Yeah, I remember Bailey. Yeah, And Bailey was sick. So he had a heart condition and the tour bus wasn't coming back and I had to get him on plane. So yeah. they just made me sound real needy. And they got him an emotional support dog certificate <laughs> for him to get home. But my dog doesn't bark, lick, jump, nothing. He just yeah. sat under my seat and didn't make a noise. Nobody even knew he was there. Now, them the kind of dogs you should have. That's yeah. out everybody's fucking way. I was in the bathroom, and this lady's dog's just running up under the stall. Now, I'm scared of people's dogs that I don't know. If I raise them, cool. But if I don't, I don't want your fucking dog coming in my stall while I'm trying to pee. And yeah. I was like, lady, get your dog. So she kept saying, okay, bitch, I'm going to fuck you up and your dog. You better get her. So <laughs> she finally got him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm like, why do I have to get ignorant? Like, just get your dog. Your dog shouldn't be loose in the bathroom anyway, coming up under people while they're peeing. Come on, man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. People just
2: don't have no kind of tact. And that's the one part I hate about traveling to this day because they have no requirement. These people are not in need of emotional support. They're just lying. And it messes it up for the real handicap and people who do need it. Yeah. So
0: of everywhere you've been with TLC, is there any place that stands out in your mind as just an incredible country?
2: Japan, I'll okay. say because the fans over there no matter how long we haven't been there, we always headline or we're number 1 over there. It's just amazing so many years later we can headline over people who are really popping here, but we go over there and it's just like we still trump and it's amazing. Um I even hate to use that word now because cheeto puff but (laughs) but um yeah i would say japan because no matter what if they love you they love you for life and they're always so gracious to us and so kind and they always give you the best gifts and they're so different you know i have so many collector's items australia is beautiful um africa was beautiful i don't know if i want to go back but it was beautiful too long of a flight um yeah, we've been to some really pretty places before COVID nineteen came. I was really looking forward to going to Iceland because the pictures are amazing. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I do hate that I didn't do when I was younger is appreciate the world because I took it for granted being in certain places, not really um capitalizing off the the beauty of you know all these different countries and the different things to do and eat and try like I didn't you know appreciate that but now that I'm older I appreciate more things so Mm -hmm. now when we travel I want to see like the world and different oceans and different forests and different just culture period you know what I mean
0: definitely we've talked about that even there's a big difference in you know when I was traveling the world at 20 versus I'm 35 now
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Funny. I was just going to hostels and partying in a country and I barely, I went to the country, but I didn't see much of the country.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Did you say hostel? Yeah. (laughs) Girl, you crazy. Have you seen the hostel scary movies? I have. I have. They're not like that. Oh my God. I
0: would be terrified. I've stayed in hostels with 25 people, 13 bunk beds.
2: And, um, oh no, hell no. I'm scary. I watched too many things. It was six (laughs) dollars. Oh, no. How people
0: travel when they're poor. It's like $6 a night to go to France. So we're like, oh,
2: that's what I got to do. Well, my ass will probably be sitting up the whole time for my $6. Like, this, don't come over here. I don't know you like that. I'm telling you, I'll be afraid. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I admire your courage because I do not have that. I'm scary as all get out. Everybody who knows me, I might talk a good one, but I'm scary, honey. (laughs) <laughs> and then my
0: last question, you actually just touched on it. I think you already answered this was if there was anywhere in the world you really want to go to, but haven't been yet.
2: Yeah. I want to go to Iceland. Um, yeah. That was different. Mm-hmm. And I do. Um, I've always wanted to vacate. My 50th birthday was quarantine. The one time I was going to do something for my birthday, I was going to go to Bora Bora. I want to live in that hut over yeah. the ocean. I yeah. know I can't swim, but I just want to look at it. so i have to go to bora bora before i mean i'm just so like this was the year but the covid got the cooties just messed it up for everybody but and next year we're gonna have to work our asses off because we're making up for everything lost this year so bora bora when am i gonna see you i want to go there so bad and i want to go to thailand Mm. Have you ever been to Thailand? You've never been. No, oh. I've never been. It's so pretty.
0: It is beautiful. I spent a month in Thailand. It is ah, see, where do you go? Beautiful places.
2: <laughs> I want to go so bad. Yeah. So yeah, that's the kind of thing I want to do, but I just never, you know, Bill, yeah, Chili, yeah. and everybody get on me. They're like, you need to take vacations because I never yeah. vacate. And I need to really start living my life and enjoying life and the perks that I've worked hard for, you know. Right. Absolutely. And I'm moving back to Atlanta <laughs> in a couple months. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Yeah. Once you're
0: in Atlanta, the flights to Africa and Southeast Asia, you don't—they get a lot quicker that way because they all fly direct out of Yes, place.
2: praise God.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for me. Thank you so much for coming on today and. Absolutely. So that was the interview. And I learned a lot of things about her I didn't even know in that first half. Some of those stories are so crazy to me. And I think it's easy to get this perception in our mind to that as black people obtain success, and they, you know, become just really well known and really well respected that you think these issues would happen to them less, but that's not the case. So I think, there was a lot of interesting insights mm-hmm. in that, even for me, having known her for years. I learned so much.
1: Yeah, I definitely learned learned a lot as well. And just as you said, you know, you, you might think that stuff kind of goes away once you become successful as a black woman and you get money and whatever it may be. And it's like, it's still apparent, mm-hmm. you know, so... Great interview, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, and as we said um, before, we've got a few other episodes coming up focused on Black Lives Matter and just some good episodes. Really insightful episodes with some really great guests. Looking forward to it. All the shit I've learned abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit Have Learned Abroad Pod, and donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod, and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening.